Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back with another live episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, 72 Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and not the 2023 San Francisco 49ers being the only regular season undefeated teams. Would you say that our viewers should crack each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? Yes, I would, Ken. You already know that's what they're going to do regardless. But, you know, we're we're going to be level-headed here, as we always are on the Bully Ball Show. I'm sure we'll have some bullying um, reserved for, you know, certain players. I'm sure Jay's going to cook at some point. But, nope. Nope. no. Okay, nope. that was just for the nope. instant reaction show on nope. his channel. Yeah, no, no, no. I got, I got it all out the way. I got it all out the way. Honestly, I really did. I, uh, those are very therapeutic for me. Yeah, I bet. But yes, the 49ers did fall to the Cleveland Browns. Let's give some credit to the Cleveland Browns. I believe that yeah. they have the best defense in the NFL. I don't want arguments about the Dallas Cowboys. I don't even really want arguments right now about the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Jim Schwartz continues his dominance over Kyle Shanahan. That is something that is very intriguing and interesting. But overall, this was just the 49ers were out of sync. And it was a perfect Mm -hmm. storm of circumstances that would lead to a first-time loss. And this is why when people brought up 17-0, oh, they can run the table, there's always these games. And you never can really explain them, right? I don't think anybody believes that the Cleveland Browns are better than the San Francisco 49ers. 
But that doesn't have to be the case for you to have a loss on Sunday. And that's what happened. So you have a game where the offense is out of sync. You have injuries. It's a little rainy. Brock Purdy is missing throws. There's drops. There's penalties. These type of games will happen. Spoiler alert, there'll be other games like this as well. But let's start with the thing that everybody seems to be jumping on is Brock Purdy's performance. And now this is some sort of gotcha, told you so moment. Steph, I don't feel that way. I've got a different take. What do you think about Brock Purdy and his performance? Yeah, my feelings about Brock are unchanged from this game. I mean, and we saw he had those opportunities where he could have changed the game. They could have made some big throws in big moments. And, you know, they they just didn't fall. It reminded me a bit of the week two game where, you know, he missed guys downfield a few times. What did he do in the games after that? He had some great games. And look, we were all waiting for the shoe to drop with Brock, man. Like, he was going to have a bad game eventually. The 49ers were going to lose with him at quarterback eventually. Okay, so uh, you feel better knowing that at least it was a full team loss. We can't put this loss on just one single player. We can't put it all on Brock Purdy, right? I think there were a lot of things that went wrong in this game. So at least, you know, we if we are going to hang our hat, or how what's the saying hang your hat <laughs> on something it's it's gonna be on the fact that it was a full team loss and it's probably gonna be few and far between that we see a full team loss like that because i think the team is also built for if brock purdy didn't have his greatest game you know other units would then step up in other games um but like I said, this is a full team loss. I'm not putting it on Brock. My feelings don't change on him. I think he's still a great quarterback. I think he remained poised in this game, despite like the amount of pressure that he got. I think he was pressured on like 47% of his dropbacks. Um, the offensive line really struggled in this one. But again, credit to the Browns for what they were able to do. They were all over the backfield, man. There were so many clips you can cut up from the all 22 that show the offensive line just getting beat. Trent Williams included, Aaron Banks included, guys that have been great like all season pretty much. So, you know, I'm I'm taking this loss for what it is, a full team loss. And again, there's going to be few and far between. My feelings on Brock are unchanged. Yeah, and I love this graphic right here, um, minus 12 total yards in the third quarter. It felt like they had like two or three possessions in the entire second half, right? Um, regarding Brock Purdy, I want to say this. Brock Purdy had a bad game. Brock Purdy is going to have more bad games, five to 10 more, probably, as long as he's a starter. But I just watched Justin Herbert last <clears throat> night literally miss throw after throw after throw that were wide open. So it's not just Brock Purdy that that happens to, especially when you have elite arm talent like Justin Herbert does. What I walked away from was this. Everyone wanted adversity. Everyone wanted to see Brock Purdy under adverse situations. Well, you got it. Slippery ball. Your receivers aren't helping you on certain plays. You're missing throws. Your offense is out of sync. You're missing Christian McCaffrey, and you're missing Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel was a big part of this game plan. They went to him on the first play. They were going to use him a lot in this game. A lot of that stuff gets thrown out the window when he leaves this game. I agree. But, I, I do think. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. No, no, you're good. You're good. No, I was just going to say, I agree that I think they were going to use Debo a ton, and it feels like there was a bit of a like shock almost from Kyle Shanahan's side on like the 
I don't want to critique the play calling because, you know, we only know so much as fans, but it it felt like they, they couldn't really adjust from that point on when Debo and like Christian McCaffrey went out of the game. Right. And regarding Brock, all of those things, right, are true. Not your best game. Weather is poor. Drops. Injuries. All of those things are true. But when you're given the ball with a minute and change, and I don't want to hear about penalties keeping that drive alive because if the penalties keeping the drive alive is how you're trying to to uh, describe Purdy on that last drive, then stop holding the defense accountable when Tashawn Gibson gets called with a bogus bullshit, um, you know, uh, a targeting call and another holding call on Ward that kept that drive going because that drive would have been sunk right there, right? But you want to blame the defense for not getting stops at the end, right? So you can't have it both ways because there's still a throw to Ayuk that he's able to take. You still have to get him the ball. Ayuk didn't throw it to himself. And then the same thing with Jennings on the sideline. It was a great play. Look, you're given the ball with a minute and change. And you do what every other great quarterback who has ever done. I've had people tell me that Adam Vinatieri is the reason that Tom Brady has a bunch of Super Bowls, as if Adam Vinatieri was the one who got them down the field and got them into field goal range. See where I'm going with this? All Brock Purdy could do was get them into field goal range with that last drive. So what I was looking at was I was looking at a guy who had all of these things stacked against him, wasn't playing his best game, was going up against the best defense in the NFL. And yet when he was given the ball with the last chance, he and the offense got into field goal range. And that's all you can ask for. He can't kick the football either. So my takeaway is this. I feel better about Brock Purdy. I feel better because there's not going to be games like that where you're missing both guys. There's not going to be games where you're missing throws like that. Your offense is not going to be in that position. But I want to see how you react when things like that are stacked against you. And I walked away impressed. And almost to Steph's point, it never felt like the game was getting away, right? Like it was he, he was rattled. He wasn't rattled. He just wasn't having a good game. He was not rattled. I know the rattled look. I don't want to say his name, but I know that rattled look. Yeah, I know that rattled look. I was watching it the other day before he got injured. I I know that look. That wasn't there. So I am going to take the glass half full approach and say, man, I was impressed with the kid being able to take a punch, take a few punches, not play your best game. But when you are tasked with getting them into field goal range, you did that. That's all you can ask from the kid at that point. It's good to see him bounce back from adversity because you're not going to score 40 points on everybody and blow everybody out. Yeah, I mean, everyone who has tried to discredit Brock Purdy to this point was looking at, well, how will he look when he doesn't have all these stars? How will he look when he's playing from behind? We saw it in that final drive, and it looked good. So, yeah, I, I think it, it answers that question. Unfortunately, for people who don't follow the 49ers as closely as we do, unfortunately for national media and all that, that's not what they're going to remember about the game, unfortunately. But we know, we saw it, that Brock Purdy was not the issue there. And Brock Purdy is capable, despite of having, you know, the chips stacked against him, that he can lead a game-winning drive, you know, get him in field goal range, and, you know, the rest, you know, it is what it is. But I feel good about Brock Purdy, man. I, I think in, in future games, too, like this next game against Minnesota, which we'll, we'll talk more about, I think this is another opportunity for him to just prove 
you know, what he can do with those chips stacked against him for a full game, right? And how he's going to respond. So I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to have a much stronger game. Absolutely. So should we just talk about it and get it out of the way? Because I really am done talking about it. I really, I really legit don't want to talk about it. Like when I literally say kickers don't matter, it's because I don't value them and I don't want to talk about them. But it's clear that there is a discussion that needs to be had. Before we talk about this, I want to preface this, and I've said it a million times, but nobody ever listens to me. They just think I lose my mind because I dislike the player. I dislike the pick. I dislike the positional value, okay? For instance, the Dallas Cowboys have an undrafted rookie kicker who has not missed a kick. The value is perfect. You didn't invest a draft pick. You found someone who makes all the kicks. If I want to make one more point about it, the right tackle for the Cleveland Browns was on the board, and the San Francisco 49ers took a kicker. And that right tackle was highlighted by Brian Baldinger for having a very mm-hmm. good game. Draft football players do not draft kickers. One last point. The only other team that drafts kickers is the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick's offense is absolute dog shit. Maybe if you drafted a wide receiver who could separate, maybe if you drafted a lineman who could block, a running back who could run the football, a tight end, possibly a defensive player, your team would look better. But yet, it's Bill Belichick. He drafts kickers. We should listen to that. He's the only other one. Maybe it's not a good process. Now, look, this is not about Jake Moody. It's about the positional value. Look, missing kicks are going to happen. They're going to happen. He's going to miss more kicks. Robbie Gold, and stop bringing this up to me. Robbie Gold missed a kick against the Raiders. Then you conveniently left out that he made the game-winning kick in overtime. You conveniently leave out the point that he makes the big kicks in the playoffs. The point is, is this. I'm not as worried about the missed kick as I am his reaction after the game, Steph. Look in that man's eyes. He cried, and then he's going to cry again. He cried. He's going to cry again after. He's going to cry in the car after. Look, I don't care that you miss kicks. You're human. You're going to miss kicks. Shake it off. Don't give me the puppy dog eyes. We need dogs. I need you to shake it off and get right back out there. The response should have been this. I feel terrible. I feel like this one's on me, but I feel like I'm confident when I get out there that we're going to make it happen and I won't let the team down again. Not being broken down to tears, that's far more concerning than any missed kick. That is far more concerning than any missed kick. The man is crying. Buck up, dude. Buck up. Because you got it. You have to you have to work, Jake Moody. You have to work. You're not an undrafted free agent. If you were an undrafted free agent, then there's way more discussion about hey, you can move on. You were a top 100 pick. You have to work. That is far more concerning, Steph. The missed kick is one thing. That face, that face, that is the face of a young man that is losing his confidence and the yips are on the way. That is not what you want to see. Buck up, Jake Moody. Buck up. It, it's tough. Um, Someone mentioned, like, that's how he talks all the time. I also thought, like, his, you know, he sounded really nervous and his voice was kind of shaky. I was like, Oh God, like that's not a good sign. 
Uh, and he has those like blue eyes that maybe just look kind of glossy all the time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was crying, but it definitely didn't give me confidence going forward, especially because he did have some issues with the yips in the preseason. So that kind of brings all of that back as well. Um, and I saw like Mark Adams, 49ers Camelot, he he tweeted out something that said, you know, the 49ers shouldn't have put him in, in that position. And I agree because like, I think what he really was saying with that is you, you can't have the game be decided on like a single play or a single kick. Like the 49ers could have put the game away much sooner than that. Like same logic as, oh, like if you don't get the call at the end of the game, you can't leave it to one final call to decide mm -hmm. your game. Kind of similar, but you don't draft a kicker in the third round to not use him in those situations. That's exactly what they drafted him for. And <laughs> the 49ers put him in this position when they drafted him where they did, and they'll do it again. They'll, they'll put him in this position again and expect him to deliver for the same reasons. This is literally what they drafted him for. Uh, so while I agree, like with Mark's overall tweet, I also think it's, it's par for the course, right? Like, as you mentioned, Jay, he's a top 100 pick. You, you're a kicker. Really, your only job is to, you know, kick not the ball really, through the uprights. Really. Right, look, stop. it's not really your only job. It is your only job. Okay, look, kickers, <laughs> kickers don't block. Kickers don't pass. Pickers, kickers don't catch. Kickers don't tackle. Um, look, all right, for instance, George Kittle had one catch in this game. But George Kittle was able to help this game with his run blocking. Mm -hmm. When you're a kicker, you can only help with kicking. So when you're not doing that, what are what are we doing? What do we need you for? Now, look, it's a lot to do with his draft status, right? It has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Top 100 pick. I don't want to hear about distance. I don't want to hear about that because all I heard when everyone wanted to come at me, oh, apologize for the pick. Oh, death taxes and moody, whatever. Oh, okay. It's about process, and it's been poor. Look, not everything your team does is right. And maybe if I was in that position and I drafted a football player, that football player wouldn't make it, right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't turn out. He wouldn't pan out, right? Very possible. But you take shots on football players. You don't take shots on kickers. You don't take shots on kickers. Justin Tucker, undrafted. Adam Vinatieri, undrafted. Literally two of the best that have ever done it. Nick Folk, undrafted. The best in the game behind Justin Tucker right now. The Cowboys kicker is undrafted and he hasn't missed a kick yet. If Jake Moody was undrafted, if Jake Moody was a seventh rounder, you just chalk it up and say, hey, kickers, man, that's how it is. But Jake Moody is a can't miss top 100 third round pick. You cannot miss. Otherwise, he goes into the pantheon of third round picks with Dante Pettis and all those other nice guys as the third round continues to be a wasteland if you can't get what you're supposed to get from this guy. You wanted a franchise kicker. You spent the top 100 pick. He cannot look like that after the game, and you cannot make excuses for him when he misses two kicks that would have easily won this game for the 49ers. So do you think I, – I know you were always against, you know, the pick, Jay, for, like, you know, the value and all that. Do you think at this point he's missed two kicks? You know, he couldn't hit the game-winning one. At some point, at what point would you consider bringing someone else in? This next game, Jake Moody has to be 
hitting them right through the upright. If he's <clears throat> shanking, if he's shanking them again, call up Robbie. We miss you, Robbie. I'm sorry, buddy. That's exactly what I would say. I'm sorry. You got 40-something million dollars right now to throw around. Throw yeah. $5 million to a kicker that you know is going to be good as gold. Robbie Gold would have drilled that from 40. That would have been money. That would have been game time. And the Niners, we would be talking about a game where, wow, the 49ers can win in any style that you want. Um, that's, a, that's the type of gritty win that you want to see. That's what we'd be saying today. So while it's not all on the kicker, when you have the kicker in a spot to win the game, win the game. And Robbie did that. So when you when you want to bring up Robbie missed the kick against the Raiders, that wasn't a game winner. They had to go to overtime after that. The game was tied. Did you forget that he won the game against the Packers? Did you forget that he won that same game against the Raiders? I mean, I talked a lot of crap about Robbie because he wanted to leave. And the 49ers franchise tagged him. But this is a championship team. And if you feel that this kid has the yips, is showing any sort of sign of mental weakness, then you've got to make the call. And I think Robbie's sitting at home waiting. And that's the best part about kickers, is finding them on the couch. Hi, Rob. Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to ask one question. Yep. Robbie Gold is so good. Uh Why is he available right now? Why is he on his couch? What if he doesn't want to play football, Rob? What if he's chilling with his family? What if he's played football and, and been a kicker for so long? What if he's just like, what if he wanted to out, you know, like not go to training camp, not do any of those things, yeah. and he just wanted to hang out with his family and just say, hey, look, if I get a call in week six, well, that's only a few weeks of football that I have to play, and I could just cash a quick little check. That's the guy you want yes. for your Super Bowl team? The guy that doesn't yes. even care yes. about playing? Yes, yes. He's just a kicker, he knows Because like... he's a kicker, yes. He just has to kick the football. He doesn't have to block anybody, Rob. He doesn't need to like want to play football. He doesn't need to be a football shape. <laughs> and I hope the 49ers don't need a field goal over 50 yards because Robbie well, can't. Well, I mean, that's fine. It doesn't look like Moody can either at this point because you got to get him to 25 yards because uh, you got to get closer for him. The thing is, is like Robbie doesn't have to be doing suicides or running up a mountain like Rocky right now for him to come back and be able to kick the football. <laughs> All right. That's enough with the, if, if, look, look. Can I say one more thing? If I was uh, a kicker in the NFL, I would simply make all of my kicks. Like, and if I it. was it's a coach, easy. if I was a coach, I would simply score all the touchdowns, win all the games. And if I was a general manager, I would only draft good players. Why complicate things? Can I, can I say one more thing too? I yeah. feel like Hal Shanahan <laughs> is probably looking at Brian Schneider the same way that Melvin Gordon was looking at Russell Wilson on that bench. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dude, you told me. You told me this was going to be the guy. Steph you guys all gave me shit about Trey. Look Steph at you Sanchez, now. If I was a kicker in the NFL, I would simply make all my kicks. Don't overcomplicate oh. football. General managers, <laughs> draft nothing but good players. Coaches, win all your games. Offensive coordinators, call the right plays. Players, score touchdowns. It's not that hard. Honestly, man, football doesn't have to be this hard. Yeah. I love that someone's going to listen to this and just be like, I can't believe they're saying all this. Like, we're not joking around. Like, <laughs> they're just be like, making it, yeah. making a mockery. Like, we're completely being facetious. All right. Anyway, look, <laughs> there are other people to talk about in this game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I want to highlight some positives. I thought Randy Gregory. Yo. is somebody who needs to play a lot more. And he was not only a force Absolutely. with the pass rush, but the run defense as well. He had a few TFLs. But I want to talk about this before we give the praise. The Dre Jackson thing is not working right now, Steph. I don't know where this young man has gone. That three-sack game was a mirage. And I, and I kind of thought it was because, again, Eric Armstead was sending guys his way. Steph, we expected so much from Dre Jackson. And then Randy Gregory comes in and immediately looks more impactful in less snaps. I mean, it's a great thing for the 49ers because it, it allows Drake Jackson to now develop a little bit more. But Randy Gregory coming in and automatically being dominant when that's what you thought you were going to get at least a little bit from or at least shades of with Drake Jackson, isn't that a bit concerning for Drake Jackson? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I'll say that, I mean, Gregory, obviously a veteran, he was already like a pretty well-established pass rusher before coming to the 49ers. This isn't a reclamation project uh, right. for the team. Right. So that's the difference there. Drake Jackson is still, you know, a long, young player. He's in his second year. Uh, I did have, I think we all had, you know, high hopes for Drake Jackson, especially after how he looked in, in the off season. And, you know, he lost all this weight. He got in good shape, all that. It seems like it's not really the conditioning. That's the issue right now. It's more so just being able to finish. And I think one of the issues with uh, Jackson, like coming out of college was that he was really raw. I think he had a very limited uh, like number of moves. And I don't know if he's really built on that. Um, you know, I can't really say, but like, I don't think we've, seen him really build on that because he's he's not really getting to the passer aside from that um you know week one game so yeah it is it is disappointing I I do hope that you know having Gregory and you know even Clinton Farrell on that side to maybe like help him out give him give him some pointers could help his growth you know you think about Emmanuel Sanders and how that helped you know Ayuk and and Debo uh, when they made that mid-season trade Maybe he could have the same – Gregory could have the same impact for Drake Jackson. That's the one thing you could hope for. Um, but, yeah, like Gregory, he he looks great, man. And, again, not a reclamation project. He's a good pass rusher, and this is exactly the type of impact that you wanted to see out of someone who, mind you, only had two and a half practices with the team before going out there and playing 26 snaps, three pressures. He had a sack, three quarterback hits, the two tackles for loss. I mean – that is impact right there. And it was on limited snaps. And you can imagine that he's only going to be able to do more as he gets more opportunities with this team. So I'm excited because to this point, and it could be just because, you know, that opposite side of the defensive line hasn't really moved the needle, but like as a whole, I feel like the defensive line has been a little disappointing based on like how we remember them looking, you know, last season. Right. And, you know, in terms of of Gregory, right, like I'm surprised at how he was in the run defense as well, too. I think that's a great thing as well. But the 49ers have been chasing that speed rusher that they had with D Ford since 2019. That's what they want Drake Jackson to be. 
Randy Gregory fits that a little bit more, especially as a one-year rental. feels a lot more like that is someone who can line up right across from Bosa, get him ramped up a little bit more, and then you're going to see some good things. You can still keep Drake Jackson in the rotation, obviously. Mm-hmm. Clean and Farrell's a run stopper on the outside. He's been very good, actually, as well, too. I want to give love, because everyone's giving love to Diamador Lenore for the interception. Javon Kinlaw so. blew up that play and was the reason that P.J. Walker had to let that thing go as quickly as possible. Javon Kinlaw, again, the highest graded pass rusher situationally. I don't care if it wasn't a sack. It might as well. He might as well get half that interception from Lenore. And and that is it, so right? great Did to it, see. Like, he got his uh, fingertip on it? No, no, he he forced PJ Walker to, to to immediately blew through in the middle, and PJ Walker had to let that thing go quickly, like and get it out, right? Like that is another great thing. Like Javon Kinlaw has been such a revelation this season, and it's so good to see him playing so well, man. It is so good. Nick Bosa is really good as well, too. Uh, another sack in this game. Randy Gregory with the other. Surprisingly, the person who led the team in pressures, Oren Burks. That's another positive. Drake Greenlaw mm-hmm. was obviously missing in this game, but Oren Burks, man. Whenever his number is called, he's always solid, and and that always mm-hmm. felt like a, a that always felt like a an addition that just fell by the wayside, and nobody ever really thought much of it. Oh, he's just a special teams guy, man. When Oren Burks' number is called, he really plays well, man. Like so, like these are some of the things that were positives. Now there weren't many, there were not many, but these are the things that were positives. And again, I think if you look at this team, and you look at, hey, they gave up. How many points? 16 points? Something like that. Uh, Yeah, right? 17? 17. 17. Something like that. 16, 19? 17 points. Whatever. Okay. 19? Fine. It was under 20. It was 19. Um, it was 19. I, I've already flushed this game out of my memory because I hate it so much. Like, there was just so many things. That, like, this is one of those games that I just don't want to remember. Almost like Denver last year. Almost like this. Oh, like, God. I, don't yeah. remember that one. Almost like Denver. Like, like all of that. That's gone. Um, But. When you look at this defense and you say, hey, they're going to give up under 20 points, you've got to think the 49ers have an excellent chance at winning. So there's a frustration with the defense. I think it's from what you were talking about with the defensive line and the sacks. And I think we were expecting historic things. You get your Javon Hargrave, right? And you you have Bosa back. He's locked in. You you think Eric Armstead is going to eat. I think we all expected those things. But I think the bigger concern comes to – how the Cleveland Browns were beating the 49ers to the edges in the run game, and they were just better. The the 49ers were a step slow in run defense this week. Not always the case, but Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, the the, the Cleveland Browns were able to, to beat them to the punch there. That, if there was any concern, that's what it would be for me. I think that's why, like a lot of people said, man, we really missed Trey Greenlaw in that game because he is like pretty quick to the ball. But as a whole, like the defense, uh, PFF had him with 10 missed tackles. And that's yes. uncharacteristic for this team too, right? So that's a that's a whole defense issue right there. It's not just one player, you know, missing. Sure, he could have made a difference on, you know, maybe a few plays, but a lot of guys were missing. And so that's something I don't think we'll really see repeated to your point, Jay, earlier, like there's going to be another bad game from the 49ers, 100%. Um, you know, at some point, but hopefully it's not like this uh, where they're, they're missing a lot of tackles and yeah, weather probably at some point did impact that too. There was uh, I think in the first half, there was some rain that started falling. So that could have made it a little sloshy out there. Who knows? But yeah, I think that was kind of what, made the the Browns, you know, be able to move the ball and get all those field goals that they were able to because 
they were moving the ball. And PJ Walker, you know, he wasn't terrible, but he didn't do that much. Like, really, it was because they were getting yards on the ground is why they were able to, like, move the ball. Just real quick, Steph, I'm sorry to cut you off. Please stop saying the 49ers lost to PJ Walker. The 49ers lost to the Cleveland Browns and their defense. Yeah, no, PJ Walker didn't win this game. I mean, the the he tried to give it away three different times. The the big plays that that stand out to me, one of them Lenore slipped, (laughs) and the other one like Amari Cooper made an incredible, incredible catch on. Steph, I love the Amador Lenore. He had a great game. He slipped. Amari Cooper made him slip with that route but that, that happens was... like that's what i'm saying like i'm not no that's no, no. Not he got beat no no, no no it wasn't just like oh it was a slippery field like no oh, amari he, cooper he broke his amari cooper yeah amari cooper <laughs> set him up to the right hit him with that jab step that he does and gotcha, routed gotcha. him okay. sorry Dion. i thought it was like slippery yeah no sorry demo uh, nah, sorry demo i love you man i think you had a great game and you're having a great season actually he was the number one no, uh, uh, rated coverage guy but yeah you 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 gotta take okay. the L there. Amari took you. Uh, Amari took your soul right there. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no no. Thanks for the clarification. All right. But still, <laughs> like I think the point stands. Like PJ Walker is not the reason that the Browns like won this game. Right. And I think altogether the 49ers defense did hold up like pretty yes. well. But it was you know the run defense that is is what gave the Browns that opportunity to you know move down the field and and get points when they needed to. So. Yeah, you'd love to see that get fished, fixed. I think, you know, in, in future games, we see them, you know, tackle better, of course. So right. um, I think it was a blip in the radar. So, look, 49ers didn't play their best game. Brandon Ayuk had some drops as well, too, even though he had a, a very nice play on the final drive. Um, I think this game we can kind of put away and just lock away as, like, with the Denver game, with the Chicago Bears game, we can just lock those games away and never talk about them ever again, right? Like after today, Please. Please. after today, we never talk about this game anymore, okay? <laughs> but the concern coming out of this game are obviously when you lose, you didn't just lose like players, you know, Trent Williams is injured and Trent Williams was laboring through this game, which is why I, you know, you see four pressures, you see him getting lit up with the most pressures, you know something's wrong. Something's wrong with Trent. And he tried to fight his way through, he fought through with adrenaline. We're going to find out where he's going. Debo Samuel seems that he has slipped away from a shoulder injury that is serious. Um, the good news is the 49ers do have an extra day with Monday Night Football. I would probably lean towards Debo Samuel playing on Monday, which is a good thing. Not sure about Trent, but it sounds like that's more of a possibility than we ever thought because it's not an ankle sprain. The concern goes right to Christian McCaffrey because when you hear oblique, and uh, you know this isn't insider information I tried to ask. I asked Dr. Narav Panja. Um, about oblique injuries oblique injuries mean a lot and they're very complicated it could be a tear it could be a strain strains can lead to rib fractures it's a touchy thing right and i guess where my conspiracy theory mind goes to is you have clear outlines on trey on trent and and debo right like on what's going on with them but the nature of this oblique injury because it's so complicated has now turned into well, we need more information. Sounds like they're kicking the can down the road. And I'm... with and with with two games left before the bye, Steph, I would not be opposed to Christian McCaffrey sitting out two games and then the bye to get him ready for the rest of the time. I'm sorry. I just I think that you can beat the Minnesota Vikings with Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. I think that you can beat the Cincinnati Bengals with Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. I think you can find ways to get that done. Christian McCaffrey is so vital to this team. 
not only because of what he does when he has the ball, but what he does when he's on the field. Guys are open because of Christian McCaffrey. Like, that is, like, a fact because mm-hmm. of how much attention is paid to him. So the Christian McCaffrey thing is interesting. I think that's really the one that we should touch on a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually was going to ask you the same question. Like, do you feel like they're dragging this out? Because it does kind of feel like that. Like, for one, the ambiguity of like, oh, we don't know if it's oblique or rib, which I get, like you you mentioned, it is, you know, kind of complicated. Fine. But then the next day, yesterday on Monday, you know, Kyle Shanahan talks to the media. We're expecting to get some answers about all of the injuries, including Christian McCaffrey. And it just so happens, big coincidence, you know, oh, Christian McCaffrey's he's getting an MRI right now. So I can't I can't tell you uh, right what's now. going on quite yet. Right yeah, now. literally, as I'm in the phone, he's so, literally getting his So MRI. Kyle Shanahan wow, gets his itinerary. Crazy. Kyle Shanahan gets his itinerary, and it says 2 o'clock press conference. And he says, you know what? That's where McCaffrey's MRI should be, just so I don't have to ask answer any questions about it. It just feels weird because, like, I also saw Adam Schefter, like, report it could be anywhere from one to two games that he misses or none at all, which, again, like, doesn't really give you much. Like, that seems like quite the range there. Um, And so the lack of information is scaring me. Like, I'm cool, Jay, like, if they did rest him for a couple of games. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we would all be fine with that. But, like, the secrecy is is making me nervous a little yes. bit. And I wish they would just say it. Like, if, if yeah. he had – like, is is this, you think, to throw off the Vikings a bit or to just have them prepare for McCaffrey to be out there? Like, what, what are they doing? Well, the Vikings <laughs> – Davenport's not playing in that game either. You know, he's a vital part of, of their defense um, on Monday night. He has a sprained ankle as well, too. But – you know, I started with a Simpsons reference. Let's get to a Seinfeld one. You know, you just let us know what the damage is. One motion, right off. Right off. Just tell <laughs> us what it is, man. Like, just let us know. But look, you can beat the Vikings. You can beat the Bengals without Christian McCaffrey. Um, just rely on those other guys that you have on your team, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Those are fr- pretty good football players as well, right? The Trent Williams thing is something where we want to make sure that, that that is not an extended thing because – I would argue that up there with Christian McCaffrey is Trent Williams. Like Trent Williams cannot miss games, cannot miss many games. He literally said, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, like him being a good teammate. I didn't want Jalen Moore to go out there. And I was just like, wait a minute. that like a backhanded compliment. Right. Like that's nice and all, but oh my God, wait. He's like, nah, he can't handle it. No, he can't can't handle handle it. Like, I, I, I don't know if you saw, though, in the game, the third snap of the game, I believe, Miles Garrett's doing the basketball thing again. He's yeah. doing the crossover thing yeah. again. I was just like, yo, he's playing around, like, in this game. But, look, the Trent Williams thing is just as important right up there with Christian McCaffrey. Again, I think you give him the three weeks, the two games, and the bye week, and you get him ready to rock for the stretch run. This team, we're not used to this team being this good this early. Right. Like having this this level of, of offensive competency early on. Right. Generally, under Shanahan, they get it going later in the year. Why not keep that going by saving Christian McCaffrey for the stretch run after your bye and giving him a little bit more time? I think you can get by Elijah Mitchell, man. I'm looking at you, buddy. It's time for you to stay healthy and play football games. I don't want to hear it anymore. You've missed more games than you've played. It is time for you to play football games. And Jordan Mason, I would love to see more, but I have a feeling they're going right back to Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, two games, buddy. Can you give me two? Back to back. Two of them. Just two. I'm not asking for the rest of the year. Two games. Two games where you can play football and leave the game uninjured. Please. 
Well, Kyle kind of hinted as much as like Elijah is going to be the the first man up with uh, McCaffrey presumably out. And he said that Mitchell has earned a ton uh, with SF, uh, you know, when he's healthy, which is true. Like he has. And you, you can definitely make the argument, you know, when it comes to pass protection, all the extra things that a running back is asked to do and depended on to do outside of just, you know, having the ball in their hands and running the football. Um, I think we could say Elijah Mitchell does better than Jordan Mason at this point in time. Um, that being said, I think we've also seen like Jordan Mason, like when he has a ball in his hands, like he has a hot hand right now. Oh yeah. We've seen him. We've seen him look good. So I don't know how I feel about that because I also feel like with Elijah Mitchell, you know, being on and off healthy Every time he comes back, I feel like he he's lost a step. And maybe it was because they were playing the Browns. Maybe it was because it was his first game back, and we really haven't had it, like a really good look at him this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, for the injuries. Um, so I don't know. Like maybe I I really hope he hasn't lost a step because if he is the same guy that he was, I think he's capable of being a really good running back. He is when he's healthy. He's a good running back. So. Um, I would like to see it, uh, and I, I just want him to, like you said, stay healthy, please. That's it. Just please, make it through the game. Please just stay make it healthy. The game. Just make it. Just you know what? In practice, put him in bubble wrap. Don't even let him practice at this point because that's <laughs> the, where this injury came from. The injury didn't even come to game. The injury didn't even come to game. It came in practice. Um, but as far as Mason is, of course, we want to see more. But I do think again, uh, they value him so much on special teams as well. But yeah. I think you have to let that go. When you're watching how he's running the football, and now you are going to need as many running backs as possible. I mean, Ty Davis Price is going to have to be active. God help us all. Gosh. So, uh, like, uh, right. I, I don't want to, I don't want to put it in his hands either. At this point, another third round pick, by the way. But at the same time, it's like Elijah Mitchell. You set the rookie record in like ten games or the, like eleven games, twelve games, right? So, um, and and this is a great point that that Rob is putting up in our private chat. Um, Kyle said Mason lined up on a wrong uh, wrong on a key play in the game last week. Can they trust Mason in pass pro? That's another thing, right? I mean, that's it's, that's that's what I said. That's like, literally what I, we've been I saying. Think, why they never take Christian off the field? And, and I think like Mitchell, they feel like Mitchell does all those things better than than Mason does right now. That's why, like, when people are like, "Why why is Mason not getting more opportunities?" That's exactly the reason why. So it. It's unfortunate because he's really good running the football, but you need to be able to be good at all those other things when you don't have the ball in your hands too. He needs to prove right. that. And I believe his uh, pass his uh, pass blocking grade per PFF was like twenty three point seven. Not good, especially on limited snaps. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 40 minutes in. We're almost done here, but I did want to ask you about Fred Warner and is he creeping into the DPOY conversation with another interception in this game? Even though there were missed tackles, I think, you know, you can say that for basically the entire team. But Fred's got back-to-back weeks with interceptions, a sack, um, a fumble forced. Is Fred barging his way into the DPOY conversation, and has he been the best 49ers defender all season? Yeah, I I certainly think so. And I think, like, we're also a little biased to this because, like, honestly, I haven't been watching the other teams to really know, like, what other candidates there are there. I mean, you know, the obvious ones, like, you know, the Watts and, you know, the Miles Garrett's of the world. Miles um, Garrett's really good, by the way, too. I don't know if anybody very... was watching this game. Like <laughs> yeah, just good. just by the way. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I think that Warner has done enough to at least be in that conversation. And I think as a linebacker, too, clearly the best linebacker in the NFL. I know people still debate that. It's not a debate. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I think he deserves to be in that conversation. And I think also he can he can keep it up because he's that good of a football player I think each and every year he gets better he gets more savvy a little smarter he studies a little bit more I don't know what he's doing but it's working for him and I definitely think he he deserves to be in the conversation yeah I think so too as well I mean he's still he's still that guy and I think uh he can definitely boost that on Monday Night Football in front of nationally televised prime time prime time is when when you make your case the most when everyone's watching it's hard to argue with that Big Fred Warner game on the way. I'm jumping out on a limb here. I'm really taking a risk by saying that Fred Warner is going to have a really good game. Only the hottest takes and the biggest risks uh, here on Bully Ball. Um, Make your thank you guys people. for right. <laughs> keep it. You know, we we try to keep it level headed, but sometimes you just got to <laughs> jump out on a limb and say that Fred Warner is going to have a really good game on Monday Night Football. But that'll do it for us on the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Make sure you're following Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at JasonAponte2103. Like and subscribe to all three of our channels. Make sure you guys are going to the website, goldstandardniners.com. You follow uh Golden oh God, follow Gold Standard Podcast Network on Twitter and on Instagram. And make sure you're subscribed to Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here.